0: Hey there and welcome to Tune In with Marcy. This is episode 24 and I'm talking all about how to make intuitive led decisions. That's right, have intuition be in charge of your in- your decision making process. So before we get into this week's episode, I have a really exciting announcement that I'm I'm really delighted to share with you and that is that I'm leading a free online masterclass series to empower you to hear your inner voice. And it started Wednesday, October 14th. These sessions empower you to stop second-guessing your intuition, know the difference between intuition and fear, and hear your heart's unique voice. We gather online on Zoom, and I lead you through a combination of practices, lecture, and time for question and answer. This is a taste of my life-changing, very, very raving review, popular program that I love to lead on intuition development that's Intuition 101. And you get to be in this free series and see what it's like to be in an online program with me because I treat this series like a paid course, a paid program, I do. Don't worry if you miss the first session, that's totally okay, I can send you the replay. And you can join the upcoming sessions live. You don't want to miss this. I know it. All the details can be found on my website. Just head on over to marcymoberg.com and click join my three-part series on the top of the homepage. And we'll see you in a live session soon. I'm Marcy Moberg, and this is Tune In with Marcy, a podcast devoted to exploring what it means to reconnect to our intuitive nature. Hey there, and welcome to Tune In with Marcy. I'm your host, intuitive coach and healer, Marcy Moberg, and I am really happy that you are here today because we are talking about a favorite topic of mine. I mean, I guess. I feel like I say that all the time, but whenever I am recording an episode for you all, I I really am talking about something that I'm passionate about. I don't really, I don't don't share episodes with you unless I'm really passionate about a topic and it's something that comes up all the time in my client work, in my programs, and just in conversations with some of you, um, whether it's through email or social media. Today, I want to talk about intuitive-based decision-making. And really what that is, is um, allowing your intuition to be your CEO of your life. That's one of my favorite things to say. It's something that I try to live by and practice in my own life. What the heck does it mean? Well, I'm going to talk about that today. And um, why so many of us don't do that? We don't put our intuition in that CEO seat. Maybe we don't even have anybody in this CEO seat of our inner selves, (laughs) but I specifically want to talk about how we make decisions from that place. So a very specific kind of decision-making process and really uh, this process of allowing our inner voice, our inner guidance system, our inner compass, our heart, our soul, whatever you want to call that, that very, very deep wise essence part of yourself to guide your vision. But as always, I'm inviting you to do that not at the expense of your very real human needs self. So we're going to talk about how do you how do you do both? Because I feel like so much in uh, so much of my frustration around some of the talk of intuition these days in many of the, some of the new age spiritual communities, wherever, wherever people are talking about intuition a lot, is that it's always at the expense of the human self. It doesn't really include that and incorporate our very real human needs. It's not about neglecting that part of ourselves. It's about how can we really integrate both? That's kind of what I really want to talk to you about today. Why would, you want to, why would you want to make intuitive-based decisions? Why would you want your soul, that spirit part of you, to guide your vision? Why would you want to listen to your inner voice when you're making a major decision? Well, there's a couple of reasons that I can think of. One is when you make these decisions, they are more aligned with your true self, your destiny, your personal path. Now that sounds cliche, but I'm sorry, it's true. The reality is, is that when you make those decisions, you're making them based off of your personal truth. So when you make a decision based off of what your inner guidance system is telling you, what your inner voice is speaking to you, what your heart is saying, you're making decisions based on your personal truths and not the collective's truths, not your other friend's truth not your family's pressures. Truth. (laughs) No one else's expectations. That's so important because I I see so many times people kind of flip it and uh, people are attuned to their intellect. And our intellect is a very specific instrument that is super useful for many different aspects of our life. Like getting shit done. And, you know, it's the doer part of us. It's a part of us that can tend to things like our human needs. It it houses our ego, which is a very real and important part of us. None of my work is about getting rid of the ego. It's about understanding our ego very, very intimately and developing a super cozy relationship with it so that we tend to very real needs, um, like sense of safety and uh, fiscal responsibility and all those pieces, but, but not having a situation where our ego really trips us up. And so when we make decisions with our intuition in the lead, we allow our personal truth to be the guide and not the kind of conditioning of what we were told should be our truths. Also, when we make decisions, we allow intuitive based decisions to happen We avoid paralysis, analysis paralysis, really. And gosh, analysis paralysis is something I see in my work all the time. Hello, sensitive soul, a sensitive person who struggles with worry and overthinking things and looping in your mind times 5,000 about the same thing, replaying things over and over again. Hi, welcome to the club. (laughs) You are in the right place. (laughs) Uh, I can relate because my mind has those tendencies itself. So, you know, intuition, allowing intuition to guide a lot of my decisions honestly has been so relieving. It's not that I never get into analysis paralysis. Come on, we're all human here, but I can tell you that I get into it a lot less and uh, people, when I work with them and, and guide them to really allow their intuition to be at the center of their decision framework, they generally have less analysis paralysis or catch themselves sooner. Like you will catch yourself sooner. You'll recognize, oh, I'm, I'm not really coming from that inner voice place right now. And that, that place of my inner clarity, I'm coming from a very a different point. And I've kind of enrolled the wrong team member for the wrong task, if that makes sense. That's really what's happening when you get into analysis paralysis, you've, you know, you've kind of signed up the wrong, the wrong person for the wrong job, in a sense. And that's when we enroll our intellect in a job that it's not good at. Um, because it will, instead of empowering us to see The vision and to know our truth. The the intellect is really there to help us analyze and it is there to empower us on a kind of survival level to protect ourselves. All those pieces are useful, but we don't want that really informing the initial sense of tuning into, okay, well, what is my truth around this decision? But we do want that part of us to be involved in the follow through the execution um, taking care of any risks along the way etc cetera, etc cetera. <clears throat> so it has a place just not at the start i also noticed that when we make intuitive based decisions we won't fall into the trap of hindsight 2020 and this is also something i see all the time if you have really strong intuition but you always second guess yourself also your in the right place, hello, welcome to the club. And <clears throat> simply by switching the order of how you make your decisions in a sense, if I can kind of like boil it down and simplify it in a sense, switching the order of what's driving your decisions will empower you to have hindsight twenty twenty less. Because you're not falling into analysis paralysis. You're not falling into the sense of you know your inner truth. You allow your intellect to kind of come in the back door and take over the CEO chair. You allow that part of you to take on a whole bunch of tasks that you really shouldn't have it signed up for. You're stuck in analysis paralysis. You make a decision from your intellect and then you look kind of Post de facto, after things have happened, and you go, ah, oh, I should have made the decision I knew I needed to make, uh, you know, when I felt the initial intuitive sense. And so you really just will have less of that when you make intuitive based decisions. That sounds nice, doesn't it? I mean, it is nice. <laughs> it is nice. Okay, why else would you want to make intuitive based decisions? Your heart has answers that your mind does not have access to. Why? Because very different channels, very different channels of information. Your heart is, you know, I'm kind of talking metaphorically. Your heart, that core channel, that deeper essence of yourself, that wisdom, that spirit part of you is plugged into a very different channel of information, has access to very different information than your head, your intellect, your ego does. They have very different purposes in life. Your your spirit, your intuition is here to empower you to grow, to align with your destiny, to fulfill a sense of purpose, to be a full expression of yourself. Your ego, your mind is here to protect you, to help you survive. Um, Both things are necessary but very different directions right if we kind of drew them on a map and we drew some arrows of maybe which forks in the road they're going to take oh it's going to be different it's going to be different yeah it's going to be very different okay so i want to make this real for you and share some actual examples from my own life of some decisions that I have made based on intuition. And these are not small decisions. They're big. (laughs) Many of them are quite big. Uh, Pretty much, I I can't think, yeah, I can't think of many, any? (laughs) I can't think of any, I don't think, big decisions I have made that have not come from an intuitive place. And that's something that, okay, so if we kind of like zoom back in my life, when I was younger in my, you know, I don't know, growing up and in my teenage years, when I was really young, when I was a young sprout, um, <laughs> I, I made decisions generally pretty easily on and off from my uh, intuitive self. And then as I moved into adulthood, I got more scared about survival pieces because adulting is hard and (laughs) just like everyone experiences. And there was like more social conditioning and expectations and da-da-da. And so I kind of moved out of that intuitive place. I got really in my head. I also exercised my intellect a lot. I went and got a master's degree and then I went and did doctoral work. And so I was in a lot of academia, a lot of study, I love learning. None of that's bad. All that's great. However, I underdeveloped, I, I, I continued to underdevelop that intuitive muscle of myself. And I never really learned any core skills um, to intentionally develop that intuitive muscle. So I kind of had to re it, honestly, in adulthood. And I find that that's a very common story, For those of us that are highly sensitive people, that are somewhere on the sensitivity, sense and scale, are potentially uh, empaths. All of us sensitive types generally have to kind of relearn this later in life. And so that's what I had to do. But after I did that, after I really learned some skills to connect to my intuition in an intentional way, develop it in an intentional way, and practice it. I got very good at hearing my inner voice, and that is what has guided a lot of major decisions for me. I shared about one of those recently, which was my decision to go on my first date with my husband, and it really was entirely intuitively led. At that time in my life, I was not intentionally looking for a relationship. I had gone through several years of pretty much dating the wrong people was my clarity. (laughs) I had some repeating patterns that were not so great. And I had been doing a lot of inner work around trying to clear up those patterns so that I did not continue to repeat dating the same type of people that really were not a match for me. So at that point I had gotten really clear about uh, what I didn't want, and I'd gotten clear about what I did want, but honestly, I was really unattached to whether I would find a partner or not at that point, point. and I had really made a prayer to the universe and said, hey, um, I don't want any of this stuff that's been coming my way over the last several years. If you want to bring me something that looks a little bit more like this, uh, great. And if that doesn't happen in my lifetime, I'm at peace with that. I'm okay with it. That's really the place I had come to. And I did some ritual work around that so that I, I was just kind of really clear about what I was interested in drawing in for myself in my life and what I was not. But I was also not attached to it, honestly, at that point. So I'd gotten to a place of peace and not intentionally searching, but my now husband and I would see each other regularly uh, after at the same yoga class. And afterwards, we started developing this pattern of walking and talking together. And after one of the the nights of uh, walking and talking together, he mentioned that he was going to be moving to Berlin for several months which I was quite surprised about because I wasn't expecting that and I had kind of come to like really cherish this like unofficial ritual that we had co-created together so after we parted I went down the stairs to go catch the subway train to go back home and I heard really loudly an inner voice that said hey uh you know you don't know what this could become. You need to see what this could become. You need to meet up with him basically before he goes to Berlin. You need to see what this could become. It's kind of like the core message. And I was really surprised by this because that's not necessarily where I was, you know, um, going at that point because I wasn't looking to intentionally pursue anything. It really surprised me. It caught me off guard, and I continued moving towards the subway. But this voice continued, and it kept saying, you need to see what this could become. You need to see what this could become before he goes to Berlin. And this insistence in my inner voice really caught my attention, and because at that point I had really practiced quite intentionally honing and honoring this voice, whenever it would come up, I knew that I had to honor it, even though there was like a part of me that was like, WTF? What, do I, what, what is this about? Uh, I don't know what this could become. We're not dating. We're just literally uh, walking and talking regularly. I don't, I don't know what to do with this. So at any rate, I followed it. And when I got in the train, I wrote a text message to my now husband and said to him, what are you doing tomorrow? And uh, he wrote back, I don't remember, something like nothing. And then from there, we organized getting together. The next night, we went on our first date. We talked for hours. We had so much fun. Both of us shared a lot. Like, really, it was probably like one of the most honest, honest conversations I had ever had with uh, someone that I was on a date with. And we were just really honest with each other about you know, where we were in our life and what we had learned and our own personal mistakes and relationships, what we wanted for the future, and also some fun, lighthearted conversation. By the end of the night, we, you know, pretty much knew we were together. And then that's that. We were together. He ended up not going to Berlin for months and months at a time like we were expecting him to. Not too long after we started dating, we ended up uh, making the decision to move in together, which was really interesting because in my mind, (laughs) in my mind, I had made the decision. I'm never moving in with someone to get together again. I also had made the decision. I'm never getting married again. So what's funny is that uh, that clearly that's that was my head. That was my wounding. That was my survival. That was my protection mechanism. But as I moved through developing our relationship together, my heart kept guiding me to something different. And I kept making the courageous decision to keep following my heart. And three years later, after we went to our our first date, we got married. And it's been a year since then. We've been together four years. And I honestly can say that this relationship, this partnership has Changed my life for the better. Um, I feel so grateful to have my partner in my life, my husband. He's an amazing person. We have helped each other grow so much, like leaps and bounds. I'm so impressed um, with us and how we've grown together and matured. And I had no idea, I had no idea the journey that my heart had in store for me that day. When that little voice inside of me told me to message him, really, and to be open to something becoming, like something something coming from that. something emerging from that. And you know, I imagine what would it be like if I hadn't followed that decision? We talk about that sometimes. What would it have been like if he had gone, you know, gone on to Berlin for several months? I, I, I think I'd be in an entirely... Different place in my life and and I really believe that my life would be um less bright than it has been now I, it's yeah it's remarkable so these kind of decisions are really important it's these moments of having this kind of inner and in, having the ability to hear that inner voice and then really honoring it that makes a difference rationally did it make sense to um try to explore something romantically with someone who is going to be moving to another country for at least six months? Uh, no. (laughs) Um, I don't know. Did it, did my mind think it was like the safest idea to message about getting together the next day? Uh, no, but I followed it anyways, followed it anyways. And it was the right decision. I've made other important decisions like that. Like leaving my nine to five job, my heart, my inner voice knew that I needed to leave my government job to do, to be of service and to really fulfill my purpose. I did not know all the details, just like what happened with my husband. Okay. Right. When I took the decision to message him and to go out on a date, I had no idea that my life would lead me to where it is today. I had no idea that it would lead to this beautiful relationship would help me Grow in like really, really difficult and beautiful ways. I had no idea that I would end up living with someone. I had no idea that I'd end up married. I had no idea I'd end up with a dog in the future. Like, none of these things um, did I imagine. And, and I'm so glad that I didn't, that, that honestly I was kind of like veiled from these pieces because it could have freaked me out, you know? Imagine if I'd. Was already kind of scared and wounded from past experiences, and I showed up, and and the universe was like, "Hey, so this is everything that's going to happen." It might have overwhelmed me. So there's some beauty in veiling that happens when we make intuitive decisions, and when we allow that part of us to be in the lead and to guide us to, "Okay, "Okay, this is the next right step." Okay, this is the next right step. Okay, this is the next right step. revealing to us in the most loving way the steps we are ready for. Doesn't mean they're always comfortable, right? Messaging my husband was not comfortable, but that's what I was ready for. And it was the same thing with leaving my nine-to-five job. I had no idea that that decision would bring me to where I am today. My intention in my head (laughs) when I left my nine-to-five job Was to do some, you know, do some entrepreneurial work, uh, teach yoga, meditation, coach people, help with some healing work, for a year, and then to go become a Buddhist nun. That's what was in my head. But the beautiful thing is that that's not where my path was leading leading me. And I'm so glad that I didn't follow my head, because the path that it's led me to today where I have this podcast and I teach people about intuition is so rewarding and I'm so grateful for it. Now, what would have happened in the same note if I had known about all these pieces ahead of time, if I had been given the whole picture step by step, uh, I probably would have freaked out. If if my intuition or spirit guides were like, hey Marcy, um, you're gonna leave this nine to five job. You're gonna have to figure out how to put you know income together. There's gonna be a period of time after you get started where you might not be able to pay your rent. Oh, but then eventually you kind of get over that. But oh yeah, you're going to be known as a you know as a very psychic and intuitive person, and you're going to be working uh, with people on spirit contact and ancestors and past lives. I would have been like, what? (laughs) No. (laughs) So I'm so glad that I was veiled from that, right? That's the beauty of being able to make intuitive-based decisions. There's a certain amount of faith in yourself and trust in yourself and in the greater world that you can develop. It's not all about intuition and no intellect. It's about learning how to marry the two. Hey there, Marcy here. I just want to pop in and personally invite you to join me and a bunch of other sensitive, intuitive people in my current free series on intuition. It's a three-part masterclass series all about how to hear your inner voice, how to hear your heart's guidance. In this series, each lesson, I'm spending 60 minutes diving super deep I give a talk, I lead you through practical exercises and leave some time for question and answer. At the end, you walk away with practical exercises that you've done live in session, as well as homework to keep building on what you learned between sessions. Now, if you wanna join this, I don't know why you wouldn't, because this is super exciting, and this is something I would've wanted to have joined many, many years ago. Uh, you can head over to my website at marcymoburg.com. At the top of the page, you will see an opportunity to join my free series. You can join. We have already completed one live lesson. That's okay. You can watch the replay, and there are two more. There will be replays for them, but you want to make sure that you're there live because you will feed off of the energy of the group. You will feel seen and understood, and you'll know that you're not alone in some of these unique challenges of being a sensitive person. So we are going over self-doubt and how to stop second-guessing your strong intuition since that's something that always shows up with the sensitive folks that I work with. We are going over the difference in an experiential way. How do you know the felt-sense difference between fear, and intuition. That's another place where I see people get stuck. And then we're going to take you through a process to get in touch with your heart's inner guidance, your heart's voice. I really hope you take me up on this offer. It's an amazing opportunity. I'm treating this process, these three sessions, like they are a paid class. They're super rich. And from there, if you want to dive deeper, which I hope you will, then you will be given the opportunity, the invitation to join me for my November cohort of Intuition 101, my life-changing foundational intuition development program. You can find out all the details on the website, marcymoberg.com. I hope to see you live in a session soon. Let's talk now about making decisions in a way that marries your intuition and your intellect so that they are working together. Intuitive based decisions allow your intuition to be the CEO, visionary, leader, like the one who has the vision and you bring in your intellect the part of you that analyzes things and problem solves, and you know the one that writes pros and cons lists, <laughs> the part of you that makes to do lists, you bring that part in into your life to be the executor, the one that's doing things, that's following through on plans, that is um, assessing risk and mitigating risks, right? When you bring those two together in that way, it creates this really beautiful harmony where you can allow your soul, that part of you, that deeper essence, wise part of you to be the one that's leading and the, you know, the analytical doing part of you to be the one that's getting stuff done. When you kind of flip that in the reverse order, that's when things get kind of sticky And that's generally what I see happen the most for sensitive people. And that's generally how we end up getting lost, confused on our paths in the first place, is we have the order wrong. We often have the intellect being the one that's in the visionary seat and also usually occupying the doing seat as well. Um, Generally, we've kind of not plugged into our intuition. So to to really create balance in our internal system. Like if I were to think about how we can really fully be human and spirit and we can honor that realization of who we are, the realization that we are a spirit a soul incarnate as human and we are here to do like to do the human stuff. We we really are. I mean, why else did we show up? I think there's a lot of intention behind that. If I were really to kind of sum up what that looks like, it looks like intuition as the leader, the visionary, and your intellect as the doing part. And it's really looking at those two functions and those two roles and noticing when you get stuck that it's likely that somebody at your inner table out of those two roles is kind of has left the room, has been exiled, has been shut down, or is playing a role that they're just really not set up to do, right? So the intellect is not set up to be the big picture perspective, um, visionary. That's just not where your intellect is coming from. Your intellect is very deeply connected as well to the survival part of you. And so it is naturally inclined towards a more negative frame in service of your survival. There's a very evolutionary reason for that. So it will naturally look towards risk. It will naturally look towards fear. It will naturally look towards critical thinking and what's wrong. Um, And all those pieces have a place, but they can't be the starting point. Because then, I mean, nothing, you'll never get off the ground, you know? (laughs) That's where anxiety comes from. Anxiety comes from having your intellect in the wrong seat of your inner table, and, uh, and allowing that part of you to play a bunch of roles that it's not meant to play. And um, honestly, that part of you gets anxious playing those roles because it's not very good at them. <laughs> so you really want to create a place where the intuition is the what and the intellect is maybe the How? The intellect is the why, I mean, the intuition rather is the why, like what's your purpose, your why, and your intellect is the, okay, now let's go do, let's let's translate that. And that that really allows you to care for your human needs and your spirit self. Now, the number one obstacle that I see that comes up with intuition-based decision-making is self-doubt. And the way we start to shift our self doubt is by investing more in your self trust than your self doubt. Invest more in your self trust than your self doubt. Well, what does that mean? It means that honestly, because of everything I just said, in a world where The intellect runs supreme in a world where we've gotten very disconnected from our intuition in a world where we put our intellect at the CEO head of our table in a world where we expect the intellect to tell us the what and the why and the bigger vision and connect us to our destiny. And it just can't serve those roles. Um, when we do that, it's easy to end up in self-doubt because like I just mentioned, the intellect evolutionary, like like that part of your brain in an evolutionary way is designed to spark doubt, is designed to protect you. Um, some of that, sometimes that protection looks like, you know, protecting you from being exiled from the group. So could be seeking a sense of belonging and in service of um, the perception of belonging, we then end up, you know, our intellect ends up making this kind of negotiation where expectations of others reign supreme over our own. And when that happens, it, it allows us to come into cycles of self-doubt. And so it's really honestly just that we have practiced self-doubt, especially sensitives. We have likely practiced self-doubt way more than we have practiced self-trust. And so it's familiar It is a well-trodden pathway in our brain. It is a well-known trail with very clear trailheads, And it feels like, quote-unquote, safe, even though it may actually create tons of anxiety inside of you and tension and constriction in your physical body and in your mind. Um, Because it's safety-focused and survival-focused, we often tend to glean towards that direction but self-trust is really where you need to start investing self-trust in an intentional way to build your, your bank, your inner bank of self-trust, because it's not that self-doubt is going to go away. I mean, maybe that exists. I don't think so. I think, I think having a certain level of self-doubt is healthy. I think a healthy psyche has some level of self-doubt because otherwise there's no, you know, internal checks and balances in the system. And that I think can produce a lot of Un, like if we could say, you know, one, one unhealthy version of too much self-doubt is like chronic anxiety, um, an unhealthy version of no self-doubt could be someone who's a little bit kind of narcissistic and sociopathic. We don't want that, right? We want you to have some, some doubt. Doubt is good. It's, it has a purpose. It has a, a purpose of kind of just like having us really check and reflect, so it's not about getting rid of self-doubt, but it's about creating a sense so that your self-doubt is not crippling and you've built a wellspring of self-trust that you can draw from and that can carry you through in moments when you really, really do have intuitive clarity. So you can make an intuitive-based decision. Now, the one way, if I want to give you, leave you with one step to get started, one step to get started to start moving past your self-doubt and to start building your self-trust is to remember a time when you trusted your intuition and you realized you were right. So you had an intuitive sense, you took action and honored it, and you came out the other side and that initial intuitive sense, that inner knowing, that inner truth was right for you. I want to invite you to remember that time. I want to invite you to recall that time because that is evidence of why you can trust yourself. That is evidence of why you can trust yourself. And it's evidence of what a moment of self-trust looks like in a real life scenario. It's not metaphorical. It's not an intellectual exercise. It's not philosophical. It's something you've actually lived. It's not something that someone else has lived. It's something that you have lived. And that's what I want to invite you to recall because it does exist in your life, I promise. It can be something small like you know, honoring a moment of, uh, of an intuitive sense of what you need in your, your food or your diet. It could be uh, something small, like feeling a pull that you, um, you should call like a friend or a family member, and you called them, it turns out that um, they really needed to talk, or they were really just thinking of you, and they really wanted to connect with you and it could be something really big like some of the stories I shared earlier in this episode around you know saying yes to an intuitive pull to go on a date that then set you up for the course of the best relationship of your life so recall one time when you could trust your intuition when you did trust it when you honored it and you realized that you were right and have that be the evidence that you need that you can self-trust And have that be the jumping point where you thereby start to invest in your self-trust more than your self-doubt. And another way you can start to do that is really to bring your awareness to why I can trust myself. Make a list. Why can I trust myself? What are the reasons that I know I can trust myself? Um, And make that list because I'm sure that the list of why you know you can doubt yourself is pretty long. (laughs) So let's get more familiar with the why you can trust yourself, yeah, if that tends to be your your tendency. And that serves a purpose of when you do that, you start to fortify your intuition naturally because as you start to fortify the core of yourself, you start to open up the channel of your intuition more clearly. Now, if you want to dive further into this topic, I am leading a three-part Uh, intuitive sessions. There's three-part masterclass series. We just had the first session. It was amazing. We had a wonderful group show up live, and I talked a lot about self-doubt, and I talked them through two very practical exercises and gave them homework (laughs) to start investing in self-trust more. Um, So there's a replay of that available and you can join us for the next sessions. The next sessions will take place on Monday, October 19th at 4 p.m. and Wednesday, October 21st at 4 p.m. I'll be leading two more sessions where we'll be talking about the difference between fear and intuition and we'll be talking about how do you know the unique sound and <clears throat> the unique quality of your own inner voice. If you've ever wanted to learn from me, you want to dive deeper to what you hear in the podcast. This is an amazing opportunity. First time I'm ever opening up something like this free. I'm treating it like a paid class. And for folks who attend and want to go even deeper, even deeper into their relationship with their personal inner voice, even deeper into developing a consistent relationship and hearing of that voice. Even deeper to connect to things like your spirit guides and your ancestors, then you definitely want to join me for this free series and then join me into my program that's going to be opening up very soon, Intuition 101, where I'll be opening up for my November cohort that you can join. So check that all out on the website. MarcyMilberg.com. You'll see at the top of the page an an opportunity to join my free series. Like I said, you can get the replay if you've already missed a session. No problem. You can get the replay and I can't wait to see you in a live session. And in the meantime, keep investing in your self-trust. Please invest in your self-trust over your self-doubt. And remember, it takes courage to be you. Thank you so much for tuning in today with me on my podcast, Tune In With Marcy. I hope you loved this episode and it enriches you as much as it has for me to create it. If you enjoyed the podcast, I would be so grateful for you to hop on over to Apple Podcasts, share your rating, and leave a review. Ideally, five stars. That way, more people can find this podcast, which would be wonderful. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a single episode. And you can always learn more about me and my work at my website, www.marcymoberg.com That's my first and last name.com. Until next time, remember being you takes courage. Lots of love.